we have become commodified. You and I as human beings, we become commodified. And how do we know that? Well, for example, commodification or being commodified is essentially being a commodity for the worse, not just for the economy, but in general for the overall negative aspect and impact of things. But let's take, for example, a private contractor CEO like Lockheed Martin, EG&G, you know, those top secret like private contractors that work directly with the US government and the CIA, those guys. And then let's take so let's take a CEO of that company and put him or her at the table with a military general. So what you have is a militaristic mindset, and then what you have is a business-like mindset, but they both have a mutual understanding. What do you do when you cannot kidnap any more people every year as they used to do and as other extraterrestrials used to do as well? Because don't kid yourself, when the ETs made a deal with Eisenhower in 1954 with the Griotta Treaty to kidnap roughly a million human beings a year but return them safely, there were humans that were using that as well as a cover for this. But what do you do when people like you and I start getting smarter and start catching on that these kidnaps, these kidnappings for abductions don't work? Which is why we've seen a sudden decrease over the years in such an instance and such a, an occasion. Why, why is that the case? So what do you do after that? And you got these two people sitting at the table saying, well, we can't kidnap people anymore because they're catching on. So what do you do after that? You start creating your own, but it's not that simple. So let me get into it. Let me just tell you what Project RISE is and what it stands for. So Project RISE stands for Radiogenic, Iconogramic, sorry, Icogramic, Sustainability and Extraction. So Radiogenic pretty much means radioactive disintegration. Okay, so essentially radio waves disintegrating, disappearing, or becoming smaller or just disappearing entirely. Or, and sorry, Icogramic discovery means found footprints or some type of discovery that would lead to a larger uh, apparition or appellation. So let's take a look and let's just start with the fact that when we realize as human beings, all we pretty much do in general in our lives is just do more of what we're doing or make something better. Because if not, then what are we doing? Like, I mean, if we were not trying to progress to become better, then we would just be at home chilling, whether that's our personal lives, spiritual lives, religious lives, scientific lives, you know, business lives, whatever it is, it's all just about doing more and more and more. Because if you stop, what's there to do? Right. And so these same basic universal fundamental fundamental thoughts and principles occur within the minds of the people that are working in and running the deep underground military base cloning system and all that. So what do you do next after you realize that you can't use real humans anymore? You start taking the DNA that you've extracted that's been given to you and that you've also quietly taken from multiple ET races and you try to blend it in with humans and you see where it takes you. But there's more to it than that. So what we first need to understand is what graphene is and for those of you saying, whoa, Dave, what are you talking about here? Just bear with me. All the connections are going to be made in a very synchronistic order. So graphene, according to Wikipedia, is an allotrope of carbon consisting of a single layer of atoms arranged in a two-dimensional honeycomb lattice. The name is portmanteau of graphite and the suffix in or ENE, reflecting the fact that graphite allotrope of carbon consists of stacked graphene layers. The material is also about a hundred times stronger than what would be the strongest steel of the same thickness, end quote. So graphene is two-dimensional, three-dimensional, all that. But what a lot of people don't know is that graphene has been kept secret with regards to its scientific substance in many ways. Now, yes, there have been studies and reports on it, but the whole concept behind graphene is that it can actually harness a lot of the ghost particles which allow for quantum information to travel. Now, we're going to get back to that in a second. The next thing we need to take a look at and this might be far out there for some of you, but just bear with me, you'll fully get it, 
is Saturn's rings. Now, yes, I know there's a lot of connections with Saturn. There's Luciferianism, Satanic things and all that. Now, I do want to mention, we need to understand that the preconceived notion of the words demonic and Satanic are that of a very narrow-minded way of thinking. And what I mean by that is this. I'm not trying to defend any Satanic demonic rituals. If you, if some of you do that, you know, that's your thing and I'm, I totally respect that. But what I'm trying to focus on here is the actual meaning that we give the words right and so what if and i've spoken about this before with fine liaison on uh, jamila's podcast which i suggest you guys check out what if the word demonism or satanism is that of which something that is living but without some type of conscious vessel or conscious soul if you will that many would think of to be a, a robot so to speak, right? And that is exactly what the gray aliens are. They're living beings without a consciousness, but they are vessels of energy. They have no sex organs, no reproductive organs. Therefore, they're made to serve a purpose. And their skin has been found, according to the CIA documents, at least it's been implied that graphene is composite and compositive of some of their skin components, which is why when you touch a lot of these alien skins, allegedly, according to many whistleblowers, regardless of the species... For the ones that are synthetic, their skin is very smooth, and it's almost like much more softer than that of baby skin, right? Like a child's skin that's very clean and smooth and all that. Now, Saturn's rings, according to solarsystem.nasa.gov, this is where it gets interesting. And also, there's going to be a document I'm going to be showing shortly. I'd like to thank Chris from Australia for that as well. Again, we do this show because you guys send information, and I appreciate that. Saturn's rings are thought to be pieces of comets, asteroids, or shattered moons that broke up before they reached the planet, torn apart by Saturn's powerful gravity. They are made of billions of small chunks of ice and rock coated with another material such as dust. The ring particles mostly range from tiny, dust-sized icy grains to chunks as big as a house. A few particles are as large as mountains. The rings would look mostly white if you looked at them from the cloud tops of Saturn, and interestingly, each ring orbits at a different speed around the planet, end quote. Now, let's focus at the very beginning that NASA doesn't want us to focus on that one sentence. Saturn's rings are thought to be. You're telling me they don't know what Saturn's rings are really made of? At least on a secretive level. Now, the document that was sent to me, and I'm putting up some of the pictures of the pages right now from Chris in Australia. Again, thank you so much. And if you guys disagree with any of this, that's the whole point of the show, to engage in this conversation. And you can make in the write in the comments down below, Dave, I agree with you or I disagree with you. That's the whole point of the show, right? Now, if we take a look at some of these pictures here, it is implying that some of Saturn's rings, maybe not all, or maybe all, or maybe just some of them, are that of extraterrestrial vehicles. And the reason for that is because there seems to be an extremely strong and potent magnetic reach that comes from Saturn, and yes, from Venus and Neptune and Jupiter as well, I do have to say. However, Saturn has a much, a not much more anomalistic magnetic frequency that, for some reason, at least on a public level, astronomers, cosmologists, scientists, NASA, you name it, public institutions, private ones, they cannot figure out the way in which these rings operate simply because the magnetic field does not align in physics or mathematically with that or even within quantum computation with that of which the magnetic sphere is emitting. And so that's the first interesting thing. Now, we can extrapolate and we can use our imagination or we can go off of certain records and facts and things like this. There's tons of speculation about it. But the point is this. When we look at what quantum coherence cloning is, all right? And that's a big, big thing here. So quantum coherence cloning, and I'm pulling up uh, from researchgate.net, a PDF article, 
uh, over here, PDF report, my apologies. We demonstrate, and I quote, the concept of coherence cloning, where the coherence properties of a high-quality spectrally stabilized fiber laser are transferred to a commercially available high-power DFB semiconductor laser ring using an optical phase lock loop or OPLL. The line shapes and frequency noise spectra of the fiber laser and the free-running and phase lock semiconductor lasers are measured and compared. End quote. Now, long story short, what basically happens in this report here is explaining that there are certain things that are missing when this type of coherence cloning is used within these semiconductor lasers. And the reason for that is because, again, this ties back into what I mentioned yesterday or the day before, I can't recall, of ghost particles. Why do I mention this? There are different types of ghost particles, which is interesting. But if we take a look, for example, at Wikipedia, and I quote, and I mentioned this the other day, but I have to reinforce it. In the terminology of quantum field theory, a ghost field, a ghost, a ghost particle or gauge ghost, is an unphysical state in a gauge theory. Otherwise, bad ghosts admit undesired non-virtual states in theory, uh, blah, 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 end quote. So long story short, it's basically a particle that scientists have yet to fully understand or explain, okay, that can somehow hold quantum computational information, which we are now learning to artificially harness on a public level, which is, I think, something on a deeper level has been, been mastered for God knows how many years now. But when we look at this, we'll see it is a particle with no positive nor electric charge. And the interesting thing here is, okay, Dave, how does that work? Now, one of the most interesting things is that it has been found that there is an insurmountable amount of ghost particles within Saturn's rings. Why is this the case? The case for this is because when we look at the fact that these frequencies that are emitting from Saturn's rings, these anomalies, Anomalistic ones, the ones that NASA says, you know, can't explain. It's thought to be and all that. When we look at that, which planet are those frequencies heading to the most? Earth. Is that a fluke? That the only planet that at least we know of that has life within this solar system has frequencies pointed right at it? Why? It is harnessing the uh, huge amount of ghost particles that can hold quantum information that allow for the graphene to absorb it through some type of apparatus within the deep underground military bases that allow for this quantum information to be transferred and <coughs> excuse me and create a synthetic biological being now that is not to guarantee that these beings would have souls but the whole concept here in general is that if we look and see that the next step forward is you can't kidnap humans all right. And this goes back to my example earlier of a military general sitting down with a private contractor of EG&G or Lockheed Martin or a contractor that reverse engineers alien technology and all that, um, which is not just anti-gravity because there's the cloning aspect too, right? What do you do when people start catching on, even though it's not being officially reported, but what do you do when people start realizing, holy shit, about a million people a year go missing. We have no idea where they go and how they go, where, why they go. You can't keep doing that. People are going to catch on. Eventually, it's going to go public. So what do you do? You utilize the technology that you've obtained and reverse engineered and understand that you can harness other magnetic fields from other planets to induce some type of graphene-based ghost particle cloning. And I know how far out there that sounds, but just bear with me now. The next thing we need to look at is the quantum concept of, of all of it, actually. The idea here is that because we don't fully understand quantum computation and all that, a lot of this stuff, like the ghost particles, are still residing within that of the gauge theory. But that's the key word there, theory. It's still considered a theory. On a public level, it is. But it has been proven that quantum computation can transfer information and even in some cases teleport particles from one location to another. 
So who is to say that Saturn's rings, which have an abnormal amount of ghost particles, which are extremely advantageous coincidentally to cloning operations, who is to say that they're not harnessing these quantum ghost particles and sending them here using simple radio frequencies and radio waves to allow for some type of cloning apparatus to occur within the deep underground military bases? I mean, it's no coincidence that very weird looking satellites tend to be placed all across these secret under uh, military bases, whether it's in Indian Springs, Nevada, whether it's in New Mexico, whether it's in Los Alamos, Area 51, or all across the planet. You name it. You name it and they're doing it. It's as simple as that. Now, I also want to take a look at DNA activation from QuantumLifeSource.com, and I quote, At present... Humanity on Earth has two strands of DNA in the cells of the body, light that expresses through the medium of what we call consciousness, and that consciousness is encoded within DNA. You will recalibrate your energetic being with, the, with theta brainwave hypnosis. The DNA activation will download your 12-strand heritage of your divine blueprint, end quote. Now, I'm not trying to get religious or spiritual, but the concept here is that quantum computation has the ability to transcend that of this three-dimensional realm. So the whole concept here that a lot of people say is, well, okay, you know, uh, we can't do certain things. It's not possible scientifically just because within a three-dimensional state, it just doesn't work mathematically. Correct. In a three-dimensional state. But what if you can transcend or have certain atomic particles, subparticles transfer through one dimension to another? The ghost particles are like the middleman of that which is exactly why sometimes when you're walking through a home or something that's allegedly haunted, you think you see a ghost. It's because you see the spirit of either a higher or lower frequency that these ghost particles are using through low-level quantum information, okay? Now, the next thing I want to talk about is the Saturn V rocket before uh, wrapping this up. Why do I bring that up? The Saturn V rocket, which was designed by Warner von Braun, and many others, his mentor Herman Oberth and all those gentlemen there, those former Nazi scientists recruited with Operation Paperclip, and that's not for me to judge whether that was a good thing or a bad thing, was actually meant for Saturn. It's in the name. The CIA documents don't prove it, but there is evidence to suggest that this is the case. Now keep in mind, folks, there's a difference between evidence and proof. Evidence means that there's an implicative and enough of a reason to look into it more. And so when I look at these CIA documents, not just the most recently declassified ones, but ones that have been put out there for many, many years now, we'll see the Saturn V rocket is mentioned over and over again as being more than just a lunar-based weapon or um, technology, if you will, or vehicle. The idea is obviously they wanted to use that basic foundational propulsion system to expand it, but at the same time, to expand and allow it to go further than the moon, but they were talking about more than just that. The Saturn V rocket's goal, I don't know if it was achieved or not, but the goal was to reach Saturn. Because they knew from reverse engineering the tech at Roswell that a lot of the things they found, particularly within the quantum realm, is connecting spirituality with science in ways that the public scientific academic level could not understand. Alright, and so... When we look at all of this, what we then need to understand fully is that the idea here that these clones are being made f by humans to take orders just from humans sounds a little bit bizarre, right? But the question then becomes, why if these beings are able to be created, cloned, genetically modified and all that, I guess there would be, someone would think, well, they probably just have some type of um, substance within their DNA that's been altered so that they can listen to humans. No, it's, it's a little bit more complicated, but more simple than that at the same time. We know that all of these extraterrestrial races, EBEs, greys, you, you name it, Nordics, lo a lot of them communicate telepathically. 
all right? And so what happens when you're communicating with a neuroplasticity mind, such as humans, that cannot understand telepathy, at least in our current form or state, because of how oppressed we've become? You start to realize that they will not understand telepathy and these beings cannot, some of them cannot speak. And so when you constantly need to descend, not ascend, but descend your mind in a quantum level to try to communicate telepathically, it wears you down. And they realize this and this is how they actually keep control of these clones. Now as to whether or not these clones are out roaming freely around the earth, there's been some security camera footage to show there's some very weird beings walking around, some shape-shifting beings, other ones just looking very suspicious or always covered up with a hat and dark sunglasses. It's hard to say, but the idea here is that this is exactly what's going on with regards to Saturn and it's not the only thing that's going on there's many different things but again just let's go back to basic principle we've become commodified and at the same time look at the UFO tech that they have the technology they have you don't think they could easily take a quick flight over to Saturn especially if those vehicles go at light speed or faster than light come on and then NASA has to t NASA thinks we're dumb and NASA tells us that the Saturn's rings are thought to be you know, rocks and things like that, even though they can't explain the uh, anomalistic electromagnetic spectrum and magnetic waves that are pulling it in and keeping it at a, uh, keeping Saturn's ring at a very uneven keel. Okay, so that's it for today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Again, like I said, halfway through the episode, the whole point here, because I know Saturn is a controversial thing to a lot of people. The whole point here of this show is for you guys to tell me in the comments, Dave, you did it wrong, you did it right, you're onto something, or you got this wrong, you got this right, or this wrong, you know what I mean, guys? So again, I talk to you as if I'm sitting directly in the room with you and just you only. So thank you so much again, and we will catch you guys Saturday. Cheers.